Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1960. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Tacoma, Washington, which is about 10 minutes down the road from where I live here in Gig Harbor with a very special returning guest and friend of mine, Tabitha Hammer. Tabitha, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Thanks, Mark. It's always great to be back with you, and absolutely, let's go. All right, we'll have some fun here. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, because a lot has changed in your life since the last time we spoke, which is back in November of 2019, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Tabitha? Oh, goodness, something people don't know about me. Um, I would say probably that uh, I got my start. The whole car scene and everything in the automotive space for me started with an old rusty 1935 John Deere tractor. A tractor? Um, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Where did that come from? I grew up on a small family farm in Colorado and was a member of the FSA organization. And Chevron puts on a national tractor restoration contest go figure of all things. (laughs) And, uh, you know, my brother and sister participated in it. And of course, baby sister had to come along and do it too. And then of course, beat all of them out. So uh, that's (laughs) kind of where it all started. It was just a a family thing and did the tractor restoration contest as more of a family hobby, if you will. Mm -hmm. But that really launched my interest in restoration and in the car world and led to McPherson College and, you know, the whole work. So it's all thanks to an old tractor. Isn't that interesting? You know, I've known collectors that love to include a tractor. Of course, you think of some of the special ones like Lamborghini tractors. There's some of those out there, some of the old ones. Porsche, my favorite mark, tractors out there. But of course, John Deere, you know, is a mainstay here in the United States. So now was yours the traditional green or did you add some special pinstriping or anything special to it? <laughs> no, no. The, the first one I restored was just uh, authentic to the, the era. So mm-hmm. the nice green and yellow. And, yeah. and speaking of John Deere, you know, there's so many intersections between the automotive world and tractors and oh, design. Yeah. You mentioned Lamborghini and Porsche, but John Deere's grandson built the Veeley automobile. Oh, that's um, so right. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of connections there. <laughs> wow. Very interesting. Cool. Well, we got a country girl with us today, but she's uh, come a long way, baby. So let me give you a proper introduction. Tabitha Hammer is the CEO and president of America's Automotive Trust. She oversees the work of LeMay, America's Car Museum, RPM Foundation, and America on Wheels Museum, as well as the Club Auto and Concours Club all to celebrate and perpetuate car culture. Tabitha previously held an 11-year tenure at Haggerty with various job responsibilities, including efforts to help save driving with focuses on youth, education, and heritage. She's a graduate of McPherson College Automotive Restorations Program, as she said, and was captivated by vehicles and tractors, apparently, as a teenager. Tabitha served more than four years on the board of directors for America's Automotive Trust and previously held a three-year term with the Antique Automobile Club 
of America. She served as a Pebble Beach Concord Elegance Forum panelist and is judged at various Concord Elegance events, including Cobble Beach, Elegance at Hershey, Greenwich, and the Edison Concord. We'll be back in just a moment to talk with Tabitha, but first a word from our sponsor, so give them a listen, and we'll be right back. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 for your vehicle's protection. You can choose from WeatherShield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, Form Fit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate cover, three-layer moderate climate cover, and a five-layer indoor option. You have all sorts of ways to protect your car. All of these are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople. It's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. It's what I do. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day, and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled or stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you'll receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. So Tabitha, we're back. So let's dive a little deeper into this transition that has happened since you were at Haggerty. Now you're my neighbor, which is very cool. And uh, you got your hands full, though. You are running a lot of different things. So I would love for you to talk about the trust, how that relates to the museum, Club Auto, all the different entities that we're going to be talking about today. But let's start with the trust because sometimes people go, wait, I'm confused. LeMay Museum, what is this? how is this all working together? And of course, very appropriately, RPM Foundation with your love and passion for helping young people, older people get into the trade. So Tabitha, grab the wheel. Sure. Well, thanks, Mark. It, it, it is a, a lot of moving pieces and parts, which is Part of what I love about the job with America's Automotive Trust, uh, you know, when you think about the car world, there are so many wonderful groups and events and organizations all doing things because we're passionate about these cars and we want to see them continue to exist in future generations. We want to be able to be out there driving them and enjoying them. And we really want younger people to fall in love with them as so many of us are or have and and have done over the years and participate with them. So the, the idea of America's Automotive Trust 
is to really bring together like-minded organizations to work together to further that cause. And uh, when we look out in the car world, we have so many wonderful things happening all independently. And even just in the museum sector, you know, you think about all of the car museums we have all over the country and the world, and how often do they collaborate with each other? Things like shared exhibits or shared education programs. And instead of everyone creating their own, let's collaborate together and let's support each other. There should be no competitor of each other in the car world whatsoever when it comes to really just trying to instill that love and passion and appreciation for the automobile. And so that's really what America's Automotive Trust is about. And we happen to have LeMay America's Car Museum, RPM Foundation, and America on Wheels Museum as three of our formal entities within the trust. So we oversee the operations of it and more closely work together to really tailor all of our happenings amongst each other. But then we also have affiliated institutions, we call them partners, as the Gilmore Museum and the NB Center for American Automotive Heritage out in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and several others that we're working with that it's how can we help you and how can you help us? You know, there are so many great ideas out there. So it's all just about collaboration. And then the, the shared resources. When, when you think about that collaboration, there is a significant amount of resources required by every one of these efforts. So if we can share those resources and streamline that, we get more, more bang for the buck. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about LeMay Museum because you guys are my neighbor here. I've been involved with that museum since long before it was built. When I moved up here to the Pacific Northwest 27 years ago, I was introduced to this guy named Harold, Harold LeMay. And I had lunch with he and his wife, Nancy, out at their house. And from the minute you drove up to their house, you realized something's going on here with cars and this guy. And the rest is history, as they say. And then I got introduced to David Madeira, who was part of developing the museum and getting that entire thing built. I was there at the groundbreaking. I got involved with the company I used to be involved with is donating products and things to the museum. And I've been there so many times. And to see it finally done years ago and then see how it's grown over the years. Plus, I've had many, if not pretty much all the key players, and I shouldn't say key because there's many key players in a museum, but people like David, uh, uh, Renee Christ, and of course, Brad Phillips, who seems like somebody lured him out west just like you, right? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a great opportunity out here. And, uh, you know, I think that it's just all in the spirit of doing something really amazing. And, and that's what we have here in Tacoma and and other places throughout the country. And, and you know, welcomed Brad with open arms for wanting to be a part of it. And and you're right, Mark, we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of LeMay America's Car Museum. It's been 10 years? Holy cow. It has. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So be sure to come visit us uh, throughout next year because we're going to have a whole series of really fun anniversary celebration events. Well, I can't wait to share all of these with my listeners. And of course, Renee, I met Renee when I moved here. She owned a photo museum and mm -hmm. I traveled a lot with my former job and I would come back from these trips abroad and bring her all my pictures. And one day I never saw her. She was always in the back and she came out. And she goes, wait, wait, before you leave, who are you? And I said, well, why? And she said, because you keep bringing these pictures in every month and there's all these cool cars from all over the world with a couple of your kids sprinkled in there, photos of your kids <laughs> and your wife, perhaps. But who are you? And we formed this friendship. And then years later, she joined uh, LeMay and she's been there since 
the beginning, really. So, Mm -hmm. you know, she's a mainstay there. So tell our listeners a little bit more about the museum and why they should make this a destination visit, because it is really one of the prominent museums in the United States. It's it's a unique building, a unique setting, unique story. There's a lot of cars in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Speaking of Renee, she is she is one of our superstars of the many that we have. But what what is so wonderful is the genuine passion that she has for the cars and sharing the experience of the automobile. And that's really uh, goes so far back to our roots with Harold LeMay. Harold and Nancy, if you ever knew anything about them, they just are such passionate people and they love cars. And, um, you know, so Harold's affinity for vehicles is where this all kind of started. But the idea and the concept of having a museum that's not just about one guy or one family, but it's about the automobile and the love with the car. And sharing that on a national or even an international premise is really where the vision came for America's Car Museum. And so we have this phenomenal facility here in Tacoma, Washington. It is one of the largest by square footage, one of the largest automotive museums out there. We have about 300 vehicles in the collection. And I want to say we have about 12 rotating exhibits that are constantly changing throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot going on, a lot to see. But the heart of it is really showcasing that story of the influence the automobile has had in culture. And that might be something from the Model T or the Model A to right now we have a phenomenal Alfa Romeo exhibit and Celine exhibit. And so a lot of people think, oh, America's Car Museum. Well, it's just all American cars. Well, that's not true. We have a variety of everything. And how many uh, marks have influenced the American driving culture or uh, America's love affair with the automobile. And so really the museum showcases all of those aspects and teaches people a lot of stories that go along with that. There was a purpose for the design around a particular car in that place and time. And so it's more than just seeing a car. It's really living a, a place and time. Absolutely. It's uh, quite incredible, actually. And it's it's such a fun place to visit. I've been there many, many times. Let's talk about the next thing that is probably, in my mind, one of the most important aspects here, and that is the RPM Foundation. I'd love for you to share more about that organization, what it means, what you guys do for so many aspiring people who want to be in the automotive trade. Yeah, RPM Foundation is near and dear to my heart. It is a very important organization that helps nurture and cultivate the next generation of the hands-on skilled workers to restore and and keep these cars running. Um, And it's it's very personal to me as well. When I was in college at McPherson, uh, I had received a grant from RPM Foundation for my internship. And that was a really pivotal time in, in my educational experience that gave me real world hands-on learning. And it was beyond the classroom, which is, as we all know, so important. And, um, you know, it, it was both very helpful for me as a student and also for the organization I worked for, which happened to be a Concours event in Ohio. And they, they didn't necessarily have the funding to bring me on as an intern, but RPM Foundation helped support that experience. And I I think about this all the time about what RPM Foundation is doing for students 
and for organizations, for restoration shops and different museums where we might have an intern that's helping with the library or helping on the maintenance, somebody that might be working for Renee Chris someday, mm-hmm. the importance of passing on those skills. And you think about the restoration world, how often do we take our car to our buddy down the street that knows every single thing about the mechanical system, the electrical system, the history, whatever it may be of that vehicle. And they learned it through the hard knocks, really. Mm -hmm. But it was a very different time. And the automotive space was a very different time. And so to be able to pass on that knowledge and those skill sets in the current time when there's not as much opportunity to learn that on a day-to-day basis, is critical to the future of the preservation of our industry and passion and hobby. And that's what RPM Foundation does. So RPM stands for Restoration Preservation Mentorship. And that's what it's all about. Great. How could you be so lucky to have RPM <laughs> as, as the name and have those words flow with that? Per- perfect. Somebody was thinking there. And of course, uh, Nick Ellis has been a He's the executive director of RPM Foundation. He's been a guest on the show. So another one in the big family here of this entire group. I mean, so many friends I've I've formed and created through the organization, through the museum, through RPM and, and uh, the trust. It's absolutely wonderful. I like to ask about a big inspiration in your life, somebody that was very influential. And if you want to bring that more into the future, perhaps, maybe instead of the past, but you can take it anywhere you want, maybe something that might have driven you out west that caused you to change your career path and end up where you ended up. <laughs> like who twisted yeah. your arm? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a tough decision to leave where I was at with Haggerty, which is such a phenomenal uh, business and place to work. But, you know, it, it was a tough decision vision and one that I thought of a lot and had a lot of guidance from McKeel Haggerty, who is very much uh, uh, considered a mentor to me and, and I respect uh, to a highest level. And, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith. And, yeah. and I felt like I have something to offer uh, to this organization and to the car world that I could could really do here. And, you know, there, there were a lot of things I was doing with Haggerty that were very meaningful and impactful for, for the youth programs and all of that. And I thought, wow, if I could share some of that with another organization that furthers the car world even more so, how cool would that be? Mm. If that can be shared, you know, it's sharing the love, Mark. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's about pr- preserving vehicles and creating opportunities for people. And that's a a key part of it. And we've heard this, I've heard this over and over with the number of people I've interviewed on Cars Yeah here, is how are we going to carry this forward to the next generations behind us? And there's always been that worry, but it's, it's people like you and the RPM Foundation, the museum, that are enabling people to come into the trade to get them to... And the career and the the hobby as a career, I should say, because it's not a hobby. This is a career for many people. But it gives them the opportunity to see there is a path there to wrap their passion for automobiles, motorcycles, and trucks into their lives. So, uh, yeah, you're doing just that, which is really, really, really wonderful. I mean, it's it's absolutely brilliant. Let's take a short break. We come back. I always like to ask my guess about a big challenge. I'm going to twist this up a little bit since you've been on the show before. So uh, keep that thought. Keep the seatbelts on, and we'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, 
and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. All right, Tabitha, so let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, you've left one career that you were at for a long time, and you've jumped into a whole bunch of stuff here. So if I was to ask you, what do you see some of your biggest challenges moving ahead? And I'll kind of combine this with my what I call my bucket list question of things that you'd like to accomplish. What are some things you'd like to do in the next year or two in your new role? <laughs> oh, the list goes on and on, Mark. But, uh, you know, when I when I kind of look at the top side of that, I think some of the biggest challenges that we're up against is exactly something you you previously mentioned right before the break here is that this isn't a hobby. And for many, it's a career and many, it's much more than that. And for so long, um, especially those that aren't on the inside of this circle, look at classic cars as simply a hobby. And a hobby is something that's really easy to get rid of. Uh. And it's how we as a, as a, as a society look at the automobile as something that has been critical to our development and our culture, and that it is just as important in that as, as many other things that we, we recognize as historically significant, we're up against a battle. And it's really easy to take cars off the road or to, to eliminate resources that we need to uh, fix and maintain and drive these cars. And it's not just about the enjoyment of driving a cool car. It's not just about being the cool person that, that is behind the wheel of a 63 split window Corvette and looking good going down the road. There's a really significant historical part to it all that I hope more people can recognize and appreciate. We don't necessarily think everyone will fully understand it. For some, cars are just cars. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you think about taking away the, the part of a commodity of a car from just getting from point A to point B and you really start drilling down on 
what it means to drive and what are those experiences and the emotions and the the physical skills that go along with all of that and how it impacts us as beings. I think there's something so much more significant there. And, uh, you know, through the work of America's Automotive Trust, things like our Club Auto, which is, is all about enjoyment of the automotive space, whether that's out on the road driving or attending events or really being amongst others that have that, that passion and the, the singular thing that brings us all together is the automobile. It's a celebration. And I'd love to just see that grow far beyond where it's at right now and for people to really recognize how wonderful of a thing that the car can be and that can lead us to other aspects of our life. Very well said. I'm going to take this a little bit deeper with you because I think it's so important. And I see this in people's lives that where they, they're not in, let's say they're not a car gal, car guy, you know, really into it, but something lit a spark in them and it changed their perspective. And I'll give you a good example. My nephew recently got married. His wife is an EMT. She's a, one of these people that, you know, arrives on the scene, saves your life in a car accident or a burning house, saves your life in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. Just an amazing frontline worker. She's never really been into cars, but she, my nephew started working for Tesla a few years ago and she bought her first Tesla. She's a car girl now. Yeah. And I asked, well, Why? And he said, well, she's like a 16-year-old in her first car because there's a novelty (laughs) with this electric vehicle that is so different and new and exciting. And while the car itself is, I don't know, Tesla's nice car, but they're kind of, from my perspective, a little bit boring looking, a little bit vanilla compared to the kind of cars you and I are exposed to and we get to be <laughs> around. Uh, it, it was something different. It, it's, excuse the pun, it sparked something different in her mind. Yeah. What are some of the ways that we enthusiasts listening to the show today can help procure that in people in the future? I'll, I'll give you one. Take a little kid to a museum, a car museum like LeMay, and expose them to things that they never dreamed were on the road because these appliances that are buzzing around today were, let's take SUVs, I'll pick on them. We have one in our garage, but so many of them just look the same. It's just like, it's an appliance, it's a refrigerator, but you get something special in somebody's life or show them something special or, or bring in that history aspect. It means something. So for you, what are some ways that others listening can help spark those interests in other people? Mark, this is, it's a, it's a deep question. <laughs> I know. You know there, That's why I wanted to go there with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. There's so many answers to that. And it, it, it is, it could be something as simple as just giving a kid a thumbs up mm. or acknowledging them or opening the door. So many times at car shows, I, I hear car owners get very uh, anxious about somebody getting close to their car. There are very few people, if any, that have ill intentions when up close to a cool car. Most of the time, especially kids, they want to experience it. They want to see inside. And, you know, a lot of these cars, they can't see over the windowsill. So they're standing on their tippy toes and they might happen to accidentally fall into the car. Right. So open the door, welcome them in. Simple things. But, you know, I think about so many stories. Ed Welburn. For instance, think about where it all started with him. And and if I if I recall correctly, I may be mistaken on this, but I believe that he saw uh, I don't remember if it was the Buick Y job concept or I, I forget exactly which vehicle it was that he saw driving by as a young boy, and that's where it all started for him. He said at that time, 
I want to design cars like that. And look at where that led him. So it could be something just as simple as seeing the car out on the road and driving or acknowledging a young person that has whatever vehicle. You mentioned your your friend with the Tesla. You know, that's something that most of us uh, car guys, as, as we'll refer to them as, don't necessarily think is a enthusiast vehicle. If that person is passionate about that car, more power to them. I'm going to welcome them in with open arms and say, let's go out for a drive. It might be the family minivan. I don't care what it is that they're driving or that they enjoy. It's about the passion and the experience with it. I don't believe that we have a lot to worry about in the future of the car world when it comes to the next generation. There are so many young people interested in cars. They may not be the cars that the typical collector like, or they may not participate in the way that we participate Mm -hmm. currently. There is a great car culture out there. And if we embrace that, we welcome them in. It's all the gateway to all of these older cars that then they learn about and they have uh, an affinity with and an experience and a memory. And someday they're going to own them and take care of them. Absolutely. Ed was a guest on Cars Yeah here a couple of years ago. Um, it was really great talking with him. Uh, of course, he was the head of GM. He was a designer and yeah, shared that story about seeing that first car. So you listeners go back and listen to my talk with him and, and hear that story right from his lips, uh, which is was very, very, very cool to hear. And then, wow, talk about coming a long way. He certainly did. Now, I always ask my guests about a special vehicle, and I know you're still driving that 73 Mini Cooper (laughs) that you spoke of when you were on the show uh, a couple years ago. So I'm going to twist this up for you a little bit. Let's go to the LeMay, America's Car Museum, and I'm going to allow you to pick any vehicle in the museum that you can have. I'm going to buy it for you. No. Okay. I'm that <laughs> kind of a guy, you know? And now, now I know you're also into riding bikes. You've got a, I think you still have a 64 Suzuki K11, I believe. And a, I do. Don't you have a 97 Harley Davidson Sportster? Yeah. Yeah. You're and, on it. I do. And a, and a BMW uh, 2011 F800R. I mean, you, you, you do. You walk your talk or ride your ride. But if I could buy you any car that's in the museum today, now, this is a big give because I know what's sitting up on the top floor with your Alfa Romeo. Mm. So, okay, I'm yeah. going to include those two. John's going to let me uh, maybe release a car or two today. <laughs> but I don't know, you might surprise me. So what's that car going to be for you today? There are so many phenomenal cars in this museum. And then if you extended it out to our other museum, America on Wheels in Allentown, I'd, I'd really have a difficult time there. Okay. But, you know, Mark, I, I think I might surprise you this one. Okay. Phenomenal alphas up on the top level and, and a couple of Celines I'd really like to drive <laughs> home for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I think the 1917 Crane Simplot, uh, which oh was uh, a formerly owned by John Rockefeller, this car just does it for me. I, I'm kind of an old soul if you haven't figured that one out, Mark. Okay, and, yeah. um, you know, pre-war, early cars, it's just fantastic. When you think about the time that these vehicles were built and what was going on and things that were being invented in and overcome to, to create such a wonderful masterpiece and something that, that caught the attention by someone like Rockefeller. I mean, what a cool thing. And, and to be able to preserve that for future generations and take care of that, I would absolutely drive it and tell a story every mile. Well, you did surprise me. Wow. 
Yeah, I know that car <laughs> because I know the museum. I've even sat in that car. Uh, there's a great picture. If you just simply Google that car, uh, you'll see a picture of Renee sitting in that car. Working, <laughs> we're, uh, well, they're working away on it in the shop. I think she's driven everything in the museum probably more than once. In fact, my guests are my guests. My neighbor right across the street, Bruce, he's one of the uh, volunteers there who gives people rides around your, your driving track there when you have your uh, driving days. So, yeah, I'm surrounded by car people. But you, yeah, you threw me there. Wow. You are an <laughs> old soul in cars. Man. Uh, I'm I'm full of surprises. You no are. No doubt about it. <laughs> you are. Well, I'm going to dive a little deeper into your skull here. I'm going to be your automotive enthusiast. So we're going to go a little deeper. So sit back on the psychologist's couch and think about this one. If you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is the lady in the mirror. What would you be, but more importantly, why? Mm, well, I don't have to think long about this one, okay. Mark. All right. It would have to be a 1932 Packard Twin Six Coupe Roadster. In particular, there's a, a the specific one that was an ex-Clark Gable-owned car. Ah, uh, yeah. And here's why. Again, it, it goes back to the elegance and the craftsmanship. And, you know, I, I think about I am... Well, well, I like to think that I'm a classy lady, um, but I have some, I have some power under my hood. I can get things done Yeah, and just a a striking image of an era and what a, what a wonderful vehicle that just had so many aspects to it that, you know, not, not only ahead of its time, but a, a real prominent example in the day in 1932. And, and, you know, so if I, if I really had to be any vehicle, that's what I would want to be. Wow. Kind of fits. Yeah. I love it. Now we've talked about how RPM gives back, how the automotive trust gives back. I mean, we've covered all that. So I want to jump ahead to a great book. And maybe since we last spoke, there's a new book you'd like to share with our listeners today that you really got a lot of out of. Yeah. A lot of really wonderful books out there. I think, uh, I I can't recall from our last interview, but I think I may have previously talked about Revenge of Analog. If not, it's still one of my my favorite books by uh, David Sachs. You know, it's it's really just that idea of of getting back to the analog experience and Mm -hmm. putting the digital world aside. Um, I think about that more and more, especially in the the day and age of coronavirus and working from home and all of the things that we're up against now. And I think we're just, we need a digital detox. So highly recommend that one. The other one, um, if you haven't read by Matthew Crawford called Why We Drive, and it's toward a philosophy of the open road. And uh, Matthew, if if you recall, he he wrote another New York Times bestselling titled Shop Class is Soul Craft, which goes hand in hand with the mindset around RPM Foundation. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, phenomenal book and gets to the core about some of the things we've talked about here, Mark. It's, it's driving is more than just a, a tactic. It's more than just turning the car on and going. Um, there are so many things that happen in the experience of driving that I think if we just paid more attention to it, it there's really a lot of lessons in it. Absolutely. You know, going back to when you were my guest before, the book you recommended was The Bugatti Queen by Miranda Seymour. So 
Mm-hmm. Another great one, but I'm glad you brought some new books to the uh, ears of the listeners today. I'll make sure they're all listed on Tabitha's show notes page and the Carjia website. So you are a lady who've been on many cool ultimate drives and rides with a lot of interesting people in a lot of interesting vehicles. But today I'm going to enable you to go in any car with any person, living or deceased, anywhere. So if you had the magical scepter to go anywhere in any car with anybody, what does that ride look like for you today? Mm, Goodness. Can I have a really big touring car so I can pack it full of people? You know, I love that (laughs) idea even more. And the fact that I'm the magic provider here, you can have whatever you (laughs) want. Oh, perfect. I love that. Well, you know, family aside, those those people who who I, I truly wish to have so much more time with in my life, I would have to say a road trip with Beverly Ray Kimes. And it'd have to be in a 30s era Packard. Heck, that 1932 would be a phenomenal option. But uh, Beverly Ray Kimes is somebody that inspires me on a daily basis, even though we've unfortunately lost her many years back. And I never had the pleasure of meeting her in person. But I really do feel there's some part of her spirit that that resides with me. And um, I would just love to have a girls road trip, driven women down the road. Let's talk cars. Let's have some fun. And if you knew anything about Bev, her her motto was determination is everything. And, uh, you know, I think I think that would just be a, a great experience with her. Well, that sounds pretty cool. For you listeners, you can read more about her, of course, just Google her name. But she was she's kind of known as the American automotive journalist, uh, first lady of automotive history, the grand dame of automobile history, if you will. I think she was originally from uh, Chicago. I believe, but yeah, that now that's an interesting answer. I don't, I don't know that anyone has mentioned her name, which I'm kind of surprised. But you know, there's a lot of people out there to go on cool rides with. So, well, what a phenomenal person to learn from. I mean, she is an encyclopedia of information on the car world. So, yes. yeah, absolutely, that would be very, very cool. Well, you've taken us on another wonderful ride today, Tabitha, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule. Before I let you go, could you share one? little parting piece of wisdom or advice, a success quote, or uh, words of inspiration for our listeners today? Mm. Uh, Mark, I think I think I just kind of bring it back around to the thought that awareness of, of what any action can do and mean to, to another person, something as, as seemingly silly as a tractor restoration contest that ultimately was a a marketing project for a major corporation like Chevron and how it how it truly impacted my life and put me on the path of, of the success that I've had so far. And um, Ed Welburn seeing that car drive down the road or somebody just opening the door, you know, I think just always remember your actions certainly have impact whether you're aware of it or not. And so let's do anything we can to make those those actions uh, positive and fun and celebrating the automobile. Very well said. How can listeners learn more about America's Automotive Trust, LeMay America's Car Museum, the RPM Foundation, America on Wheels Museum, and Club Auto and Concord Club? Woo, there's a lot on your there's a lot on your business. You must have a very large business card these days. 
It, the, the logos are in, in small print on the back for sure. <laughs> well, the best place is to go online. You can find us on Facebook as well. Follow us. Keep up with all of our happenings. Certainly, each organization has their own website. The trust is americasautomotivetrust.org. Um, we're always working on rebuilding our, our website and, and awareness there. So, uh, you know, hang in there with us as we, we kind of craft around this very complex message that really ends with the result of let's all love and enjoy and preserve and share the passion of the automobile. Absolutely. I'll put all these links on tab of the show notes page so you can keep up and keep track. And if you're out here in the Pacific Northwest, you definitely have to go visit the museum and all the great people there because uh, that whole building is full of some wonderful people. Tabitha, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise. It's nice to have you out here in the West as a neighbor. Finally, until you and I talk again, my friend, which will probably be very soon. I'll see you. I'll see you at the LeMay America's Car Museum. How's that sound? I very much look forward to it, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great. Have you looked under your hood recently? The average car today has more than 70 computers and 100 million lines of code. Today and tomorrow, being a professional technician requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah, is honored to support TechForce Foundation as our charity of choice. Their efforts to help young people pursue a technical education and a fulfilling career as automotive techs is the key to an inspired life. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experiences with vehicles, TechForce and Cars yeah, are working together to connect young people with viable careers. Join us and learn more by visiting techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Cars Yeah.